Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica, thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm excited about this episode. I'm going to share something kind of embarrassing about myself, but that's fine. Um, It's it's intentional. It's purposeful. It has meaning. Um, but basically we're talking about why some teachers have that X factor. And perhaps you have heard of this before, you know, it comes with American idol or any of those games, you know, those, uh, singing shows or, Mm -hmm. uh, dance shows. What's that one? Uh, so you think you can dance? Oh my gosh. I loved that show. Did you ever watch it? I mean, I know it, but no, I did not watch it. (laughs) It's so good. Um, that there are just some people who have that thing. They just possess X factor and it's so hard to make it tangible and like put a finger mm-hmm. on it. What was that, that they actually have? But I think we do see it at schools. Maybe we had those teachers. Maybe we were those teachers are those teachers where there's like that one teacher, every student wants to be in their class and all the parents just really respect that teacher. The principal knows they can depend on that teacher. Like the teacher just has it going on, but like how, why, what is happening there? So we're going to kind of explore that topic today and give you some ideas for how you can step into the role of being that teacher at your school. Yes. So we're going to tell you this or share this with you through the lens of be, do, thrive. You know, Mm -hmm. what are things that teachers who have that it factor, how are they being, what are their ways of being, what are the things they're doing, and then how are they thriving? So we want to give you tangibles of how you can start to step into this concept of being the teacher you want to be doing great work and thriving inside and outside of your classroom, right? Doing the things that you value outside of school. It's all premise of our book, The Empowered ELA Teacher, which by the way, if you don't have it yet, go to ebacademics.com forward slash book. You can purchase it on Amazon, a local uh, bookstore. If you want to support local, it's on Barnes and Noble, um, kind of wherever books are sold. So total side note, plug for the book. Shameless. <laughs> it's a great book. Go buy it. <laughs> there you go. Um, Let's yeah, get so to your gonna... embarrassing story, Caitlin. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So basically we're <laughs> going to also paint this picture through something that I did, um, that I did not possess the X factor for at all. And we'll talk about what I was missing and how that impacted what happened. So basically a long time ago when I was, gosh, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, we used to watch American Idol all the time. My family, my brothers, it was just like a big deal in our household. And I, um, went and tried out for American Idol at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I remember my my brother, my younger brother, Keith, and I got there at I don't know, four 30 in the morning to go stand in line. People had camped out in tents the night before it was crazy. And I went and tried out and they, you know, you sing, like there were three people in a row and you go sing, sing, sing. And then they go, Nope, Nope, Nope. And it was like, boom, it ended in 10 seconds. I think I was seen by Your someone. Dreams else. were like shattered yeah, that quickly shattered and 10 seconds okay, was over. <laughs> I have so many questions though. What did you sing? Do you get to pick the song? Um, I sang ain't no sunshine when she's gone and I'm not about to sing it right now. No, (laughs) not a chance, (laughs) which is exactly why I didn't have the X factor. If I did, I would have said, yes, I will sing for you right right now, but interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you had this dream. You, you wanted to be that singer, right? Be on TV, be famous, whatever it is. How did you prepare for that? I did nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nothing. Zero preparedness. I was just like, I can sing pretty well. I'm just going to go try out. So you had not taken lessons as no. a kid or anything like that. No, I've never Got sung it. in a choir. I wouldn't even sing in front of other people. I can't even tell. I've never been more nervous in my entire life. Sure. My body was shaking. My mouth was so dry. I couldn't even swallow. I've never experienced nerves like that. It was insane. 
All right. Well, I like this story and I do think it ties into teaching and you mentioned, you know, be, do thrive. So you weren't being that singer that you knew you could be no. you doing the work. You didn't take lessons, right? You no. didn't train with a coach. And then unfortunately you didn't thrive as an American nope. idol. Contestant. Not at all. Didn't you even get a different to path in Paula life or Simon or any of that. Oh. Um, but so I think it's so interesting because the whole concept of be right is who you mm-hmm. are being when you show up. And I think that that has so much to do with that X factor that people who have the X factor teachers who have the X factor, they are confident in their classroom, yes. right? They know what they're doing. They feel super confident. They feel comfortable in the classroom. I did not feel that way when I was singing at all, right? Zero confidence. And you can tell when someone is lacking that confidence. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're Absolutely right. And to get to that confidence level, we often say you have to be coachable, right? You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to learn to be confident. What does that take? Does that take knowing your curriculum, knowing that exactly what you're going to teach every single day so that you walk into the room and you, you have command of your students and you're like, here we go. This is what we're doing. And I'm ready for you. And I also, how can, well, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, how can you think teachers can be more coachable? What, yeah. what can they do in that sense? Perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think so much of that is being um, open and willing to be wrong, to be mm-hmm. able to look at things from a different perspective, to understand that maybe what I'm currently doing isn't the best thing. Maybe I can do it better. You know, not being comfortable necessarily with where we are, but always challenge ourselves, challenging ourselves to wade into that discomfort and the things that might make us uncomfortable so that we can grow and learn and get better. And I think of, um, you know, like when you're working out, if you are working your muscles out, you know, you're working really hard, let's say on your biceps and you're making your biceps uncomfortable to the point of change. Right. And it's only once you get uncomfortable and gets really hard that you start to see your muscles change and grow and take shape or whatever it is that you're working towards, you know, if you're weightlifting. And I think it's the same thing with teaching too, that we have to do other things that are going to challenge us that are going to be hard. And maybe that's batch planning for the first time, right. That I know a lot of teachers of our EB teachers did this summer. And a lot of them were like, this is so hard. I feel it's, you know, it's challenging. It's overwhelming. Guess what? That's good. (laughs) It's great that it feels that way because that means that you are right on the other side of this massive breakthrough, right? That's where you get to see the change. Change comes when it gets uncomfortable. And so that coachability is that's, that's what we've got to possess. You know, professional athletes are coachable. They want to get better. What can Mm -hmm. I do better? How can I do differently? Um, and I just think that's so, such a powerful way of being that's going to impact you to have that X factor. And if you already do this massive kudos to you, because it really is hard to get mm-hmm. into that, that place where you're like, yes, I am coachable. Right. It really is challenging. I'm just thinking back, like the year that Caitlin and I taught together in LA, our principal hired a coach to come work with all of us to help implement the standards. And I'll be honest, she was a little intimidating. She was very smart and she had great ideas about writing and curriculum. And so many of the teachers were just like, oh my gosh, I don't want her coming into my classroom and observing me. And then we have to meet about it. And she's going to share my practices with the principal. Like it was a lot of anxious feeling among the Mm -hmm. staff. Yeah. And I know that Caitlin and I, this was the same year we developed our writing framework, but we both approached it differently. And we were like, okay, you know, we have to do this. We're being required by our principal. So let's welcome this coach into our classroom and let's set it up in a way where 
we're also in charge here. We say, okay, yes, I want feedback, but I'm going to ask you questions and I want you to actually teach a lesson so I can learn from you. And it was Mm -hmm. more of a reciprocal relationship instead of her just coaching us. And I think that changed everything about how I taught welcoming that particular coach into my classroom was a game changer. I became a better teacher because I was open to her feedback and I asked questions. Yeah. And we're never, we're never going to be the best. We're we're never going to be the best. You know what I mean? And what a powerful thought to have, because that makes us feel okay with quote unquote, not being the best, you know, so that we can learn. I don't know. I just, I, I really liked, I just think of like, even the Olympians, they all, they all have coaches. They are all practicing mm-hmm. and trying to get better all the time. We are not any different than an Olympian, than a professional athlete right. in our profession as educators. So, so there that's we have the it. way of the being. B. Yes. Yes. Be, be confident, coachable. Be coachable. Be com- there yes. we go. Yes. Okay. So you have that B mindset now to be that, you know, X factor, it factor teacher, you have to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. You have the right mindset, but we found that there are certain qualities that teach these teachers are doing in the classroom. And we want to speak into those. The first one is knowing how to engage your students, yeah. right? Keeping them excited about learning, providing them with hands-on activities that aren't just about memorization and handouts and, you know, filling in the blank, but taking those standards that we need to cover and making it fun for our students. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you want to say about that? Just like that, that is so key. You know, we can have the best lesson in the world, but if our students are falling asleep or rolling their eyes at us, we are not meeting them. We are not reaching them. We are not changing lives, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're not talking and being a cruise director standing on a stage at the front of your classroom. It's not that, you know, there's a different way to engage our students in their learning, whether that's an escape room or an investigation trail, or just a different way to approach a concept, you know, with the way in which you are the lens through which you are using, it's a game or something like that. Um, just makes such a difference for our students wanting to show up in class every single day and engagement impacts you, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that goes into that being right. Our way of being, if, if our, if our lessons are engaging and we're stoked to show up to school, how are we showing up differently in our classroom? We're excited to be there. Hey, that rubs off on our students. They're excited to be there. They start to like our class more. They start to like English more. This student who never wanted to come to English, never wanted to participate all of a sudden is participating with his classmates in an escape room and looks at you and says, Mrs. Mitchell, I would love to do something like that again in the future. Oh, what kind of an impact, back. right? What kind of an impact does that have on that student's educational career? A massive mm-hmm. impact. And I just think that engagement is such a powerful piece of that, that, that we don't want to forget, but we also have to balance it with rigor too. You know, Absolutely. like they have to go hand in hand. So yeah, engagement. I agree. Yes. No. And if you're listening, you're like, okay, that's great. I'm inspired. I want to have fun with my students. I want them to be excited about class, but that sounds like a lot of work, right? It doesn't have to be. And we think that's one of the other qualities of these X factor teachers is that they're prepared for those engaging activities. They're Mm -hmm. not coming up with an escape room the night before a lesson or flying by the seat of their pants and trying to put together a game. They kind of sort of found on Pinterest on a Tuesday morning, right? If you are 
planning ahead, prepared, maybe that is batch planning, then you're so much more likely to have those engaging activities in your classroom and you're not burning candle at both ends. Is that the expression? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think it makes perfect sense too, because if you look at our framework and I think we've got to have a podcast episode about this somewhere, the into through and beyond, I know we have blog mm-hmm. posts about it, if you go over to our blog, um, of the into through and beyond approach, like not every single lesson is hyper engaging. That's not the reality, you know, no. but we want to bring it in to hook our students in those into lessons. We want to give them something engaging in their through lessons where they're applying what they've learned. Um, and then the beyond lesson, yeah, they might be writing an essay and that's not going to be fun. You know, it might be some of our students might enjoy writing essays, um, but we're assessing them. And so we're not saying that every single lesson all the time has to be the most engaging thing that you've done. No, we just have to be cognizant of the fact that engagement does need to be a crucial part part of what we're doing with our lessons. So there you go. That's the do part of this framework, right? Create those engaging lessons, but be prepared and doing them in advance. Use a simple framework where you can rinse and repeat some of those activities. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it all leads to then thriving, right? These it factor teachers are able to thrive in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And the qualities that we see in those teachers are a true balance. They're not staying at work until six, seven o'clock at night. No, they're leaving when the bell rings or shortly after and getting time or getting home in time, excuse me, to have quality time with their families, their loved ones, or picking up a hobby, going to exercise, whatever it is, because that's going to pay back dividends in their personal life and in their professional life, right? They're well-rested. They're happier. Yeah. I mean, we all know of, of teacher burnout. That, that happened yeah. to me. I quit three and a half years into teaching high school because I was burnt out. I was done. I was over it. I'm like, this is, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. And I, we, we talk about that, or I talk about that in our book actually at length. Um, mm-hmm. and when I came back to the classroom, I knew I couldn't do that anymore. I needed to be able to thrive as a teacher, still be a great teacher, but also a great wife, a great friend, a great daughter, a great sister. You know, I, it was so, so, I can't remember who said it to me, but it had such an impact on my life that they said the work is in the rest, right? Like Mm -hmm. resting is a part of the work. And I I am such a a workaholic, a doer, someone who likes, like if I'm sitting, it's really hard for me. And so when I adopted that and I'm sitting there, like last night, my husband, we're moving right now into a new house and my husband's unpacking boxes, doing all this stuff. And I had a long day and I just sat and watched a show for two hours on the couch after Will went to bed and Bob kind Mm -hmm. of got mad at me. And I was like, this is a part of my work and a part of what I have to do in order to protect my happiness. And so you can get upset at me all you want that I'm not unpacking boxes with you right now, but I have to do this in order to not burn out as a mom, you know, as a business partner with you, as a leader of our EB community, like I have to sit here and watch TV for two hours, you know? Yep. And I think when and we so look much at it goodness like that, is happening it's so there. powerful. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh sorry. yeah. No, I just think teachers, anyone needs to hear that maybe more than once, you know, the Mm -hmm. power of rest and what happens, the ripple effects from that. And that's how you do truly thrive as, as a human. Yes. Yes. And we get to do the things that we value outside of school. You know, Mm -hmm. teaching doesn't have to consume our entire identity. And I will tell you right now that when we work together, like the, like you always left at three 15, Every day Mm -hmm. you left and you were a fantastic, I mean, teacher of the year, you know, like you you. were a fantastic teacher and you weren't 
burning the candle at both ends to get it done. Like it is possible. Right. You have to start to adopt this concept of be, do, thrive, of being confident, of being coachable, of doing the work, bringing engagement into your classroom, mm-hmm. planning and being prepared. If you're going to batch plan, I mean, that is like so key. It's a, a, what would you call it? Like a pillar yes. of, of what we believe. Um, and then getting to thrive and really putting in the effort at home to thrive. Like, what do you have to be doing to thrive outside of school so that teaching doesn't consume your entire identity? It's just, it's so powerful. And that is what some teachers have that have that X factor. I really believe that. And I know you do too. I do start looking around at your school and observe those teachers that you think, you know, are, wow, they're an A plus teacher, but they also have a personal life and just see if they have the qualities that we mentioned Mm -hmm. today. And if you do, let us know, you know, and if you don't guess what, this is where you get to be coachable. This is where you get Mm -hmm. to actually start practicing one of these things that we've talked about and putting it into place of thinking, okay, you know what, that is something I've got to work on. And that's going to make me be a better teacher, but also have a happier life, which is what it's all about at the end. You know, life is short. We've got to love what we do. Got to be happy in our lives. Um, so I do have one other thing to share. I shared this last week on the podcast. We're talking about engaging lessons. We have an awesome Mm -hmm. free literary analysis escape room. It's haunted forest escape room concept. You know, students cover, it covers a lot of the common core state standards for reading literature, writing. I think, is there any speaking? and listening in there. I think that they're, well, I don't know if they're are working together. It's to not like a Socratic students. seminar, but exactly. Yes. It's when they're yeah, working yeah. in small groups. Um, so if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash escape room, again, ebacademics.com forward slash escape room, you can go download that for free. It is print and digital. So no matter what your year looks like this school year, we know some things are up in the air right now. Um, you have, you know, whatever you need, if you got to start half in person and go half online or whatever you're doing, we've got you covered. So again, ebacademics.com forward slash escape room. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast episode. Next week, we are talking all about... Oh, she's putting me on the spot here. (laughs) I do have it in front of me though. It's actually a really interesting topic. It's all about the academic vocabulary that we use in the classroom and how that can help our students master the standards. I know it sounds kind of dull and boring, but we got you covered. Yes, I love it. It's so crucial to a successful Mm -hmm. ELA class. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, everyone.